Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea. I am Sal Nuzzo. With me is uh, JMI's CEO, uh, Bob McClure. Uh, Bob, uh, so much to run through, uh, so much going on Lots over the going last... On, but we missed yeah. you last week, Sal, or last last uh, recording. We had Bill Maddox in here in your stead. You were out, and uh, we covered all things school choice and culture and... Uh, you know, glad to have you back. Well, it, it's always a, a lot of fun to be in the chair, uh, especially when there is this much to kind of run through right. and kind of uh, dissect. Since our last episode, we had the uh, Biden State of the Union address. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed as though he wanted to paint a picture of America that is uh, markedly different than the America I'm seeing right now. Right. I, I think, you know, he tried to be the uh, the soaring uh, you know speech giver of a Barack Obama or a Ronald Reagan and it really fell flat it's kind of who are you gonna believe me or your lying eyes yeah and so yeah. as you look around the world and as we as we are recording this things are even worse than they were at the State of the Union but you have supply chain issues you have grocery stores that can't get simple things like Gatorade and toilet paper and uh, diapers and things like that. You have gas, which at the time uh, was at three fifty, three sixty. It's now into the what four fifty today as we I, stand. Yeah, it, it, and it's going to get worse right. because, as I uh, understand it, uh, it, the president announced uh, that they are going to be restricting Russian oil imports, right. and so we're going to see even more pain right. at the pump. So, all to say, uh, you you add up reality versus uh, what he was actually saying. You know, the interesting thing is that Reagan and Obama talked about what could be. Obama came in during, um, you know, the the 08 meltdown financial crisis. Reagan came in uh, in 1980 when we had stagflation and super high interest rates. They talked about a vision for the future. People bought, bought the vision, uh, at least gave them the opportunity. Biden is trying to say, no, 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 nothing to see here. He's like Baghdad Bob back in the early 90s. There's nothing to see here. We're all stronger together. We're cliche, 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 and everything's okay. And people, that's a different message than Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan. A- absolutely, which kind of brings us to, uh, you mentioned Baghdad Bob from the Iraq War. Uh, we have an ongoing uh, widening conflict uh, and a war between Russia that has invaded uh, its neighbor, the Ukraine. Uh, I will say I follow Twitter, but I do not engage in this respect uh, because I don't know what to believe and what's misinformation, what right. might be uh, psyops, what's coming right. from who, uh, from where. And so, um, and yet it looks like this has the makings of a large conflict that may take quite a while. Yeah, yeah it's a mess because you have so many variables at work. You had uh, a dictator in Putin who really thought <clears throat> he would take Kiev within two days, three days, and now he's bogged down in, in, um, in Ukraine. You have a sovereign nation 
like Ukraine, corrupt. They are. They have had their issues. Um, you know, jailing journalists and shutting down free speech. Sounds like uh, you know uh, the governor of California. But anyway, moving along. Um, you know, Ukraine is not um, a model for no, democracy. And yet, it is a sovereign nation that Russia has invaded. The yep. problem is. They're bogged down. What is Putin's play? Okay, how does he get out of this graciously? NATO has come together. No thanks to Joe Biden. He's in uh, the White House. They're leading from behind. It's the European nations who see what could happen because if Putin takes Ukraine, then Poland, Hungary, the Czech Republic, Poland is right there on the border. And does he look across the border? I don't. I'm not saying he will. I don't think he will. But NATO's gotten their act together late, very late, and so I don't I don't know how this ends, and I don't think anybody does, and that's why you're seeing such a mess in the market as well. Exactly, and then you also have factions of both political parties in the United States talking about the need to potentially implement a no-fly zone in the Ukraine, right. which I don't know that folks understand what that really means. Practically speaking, if a no-fly zone is implemented, it effectively requires uh, planes to be shot down. If they are being shot down, they're being shot down in an act of war by other countries now, and that you know, kind of explodes the conflict even more. And so I'm with you. I don't understand or get or have a sense of what the exit strategy becomes. But uh, my guess is is that we will probably be talking about this for the next several uh, kind of months as it continues on. Right. The reality is, though, that, that you know, it's like um, if you don't save money in your bank account, when you have a big emergency to draw on, you're in trouble. And what, what the White House has not done is they have not... This has exacerbated the markets, uh, gas, oil, utility bills, the supply chain, grocery store issues, because, and, and the White House has not prepared the country in the sense that they are not drilling for oil and natural gas, Keystone Pipeline, Alaska, federal lands. So Ukraine and Russia going to war has made it worse. And yet the White House wants to say, no, 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 no. It's just Ukraine and Russia's fault. Well, in the White House, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, said at a press conference just the other day that gas... Uh, prices, high gas prices would not be as much of a problem if more Americans bought electric vehicles. So that is the solution coming from the White House. We have a median income in the United States of roughly $50,000, give or take a couple thousand dollars, and the average cost of an electric car is fifty-five dollars to $60,000. So their solution is Average working class Americans should go out and buy a vehicle that costs their entire annual salary in order to circumvent the challenges that they've created because they haven't drilled and because they haven't expanded our energy production domestically. It reminds us of what Biden said when they killed the Keystone Pipeline. Those folks can just go learn to code. Learn to code. That's what Biden said uh, when he killed 100,000 jobs in the Keystone Pipeline. So what we're doing effectively here in America is we're trying to be a player on the world stage with our arms tied behind our back, and it's it's needless. Yep. There's no reason not to 
drill for oil and gas, except that the left is in charge of, of one major branch of government. And while they're not fully in charge in Congress, Democratic members are so fearful of being primaried, Chuck Schumer, primaried by AOC, uh, other Democrats primaried uh, by other left-wing leaders, that really this is what happens when the left is in charge of economic and international policy. And again, it all comes down to Joe Manchin, who doesn't care. Right. Because of the state that he represents, and we happen to be, uh, uh, he's valuable in the sense that he becomes the backstop. Let's shift over to sports. A lot going on and a lot not going on. You got the baseball lockout, Mm -hmm. um, uh, echoes of 1993, 94. Uh, I remember uh, kind of losing an entire baseball season back then, and it took. Uh, years for baseball to gain its credibility back. I see this one is um, far greater uh, of an emphasis on what the owners are doing as opposed to kind of the dynamic back then, which was that the players were uh, just as much to blame. I see this one as solely in uh, kind of the lap of the owners. Your take? Well, and and Major League Baseball doesn't need this. I mean, there has been they're they're losing young yeah uh, fans. Yeah. Uh, the NBA and the NFL are have have far overtaken baseball. And you and I are baseball guys. Yeah. You're a Yankees guy. Yep. I grew up a big Red Machine, Cincinnati Reds guy, um, but. The, the they are shooting themselves in the foot because people are just going to walk away. It seems that the NFL and the NBA can always get their acts together when it comes to owner-player dynamics, contracts, relations. The the Major League Baseball can't do it, and this is this is going to continue to drive them further behind. You know, Wordle, soccer. Uh, yeah, you know all the all the great games that are taking on uh, F one F one that are taking over the America. Well, yeah. and I, and I will also suggest that, and I was talking with uh, uh, with some folks about this the other day that baseball has evolved uh, to this spot primarily because they enjoy an exemption from the antitrust laws right. in the United right. States. So effectively, they are doing things and acting in ways that ordinary industries would never be able to uh, do simply because of that exemption. And it kind of calls into play uh, the question about, you know, is this something that eventually, uh, you know, policymakers might want to take a look at? Because when this happens, Florida is impacted. We have not only the pro teams, but spring training. It's a $600 million a year economic hit to the state of Florida when spring training can't right, uh, right. can't go. So all of these things uh, you know, kind of come into play. Now, you mentioned Wordle. Are you a Wordle guy? I am a Wordle guy, but I will say this. I do not post my Wordle scores uh, on social media. It's just something that's a brain exercise, and I share with a couple of friends in a group text. Is it because you're not very good at Wordle? It is because I, I am not very good at Wordle. I have not yet broken a three- guess uh, a threshold. I'm typically three or four, uh, and I have a strategy, but it does not play well, apparently. I have to rethink my strategy. I have not done it yet. I sat down last weekend with my daughter and future son-in-law, and they were showing me, because they're addicted to it, they love it, and it's something I think I'll get into, but I, you know, 
I am. Uh, I'm going to come to the game a little bit late, but I, I'll get there. All right. Now, uh, other news in sports. Uh, we were talking about uh, baseball. You mentioned football. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's going to sign a four-year deal at forty to forty-five million per year. At um, 30, what, 38, 38 years old, yeah. making that much money to be a quarterback at a professional right. uh, NFL team. Uh, echoes of Tom Brady. I don't think he'll ever achieve GOAT status mm-hmm. or come close to Brady. But, I mean, that's still a pretty big accomplishment at that age. It's huge. You know, he's coming off an MVP season for the Packers. But here's the deal. The pressure now, the onus now is on Aaron Rodgers. It is Super Bowl win or bust sometime in the next four years or his legacy is is really tarnished. And so, um, you know, if you're a sports person and that matters to you, that's what's going to happen in the next four years. Uh, you had Russell Wilson traded yep. from the Seahawks to the Broncos. The Broncos seem to have every, every piece in place except a quarterback. Now they have their quarterback. We'll see what happens here. We have March Madness uh, for our listeners uh, JMI has a long history of staff Here we go. Here March we go. Madness, uh, and and uh, it's it, you know we do it within the staff. There's no betting because you know we would never want to encourage the, uh, illicit gambling. But uh, yeah, so we do that in staff, and I think I've won every year. No, you have not. No, you have not. But um, we will we will continue on. In all uh, seriousness, have you ever won? I have not won it. Um, I came close one year, uh, but lost in the championship game. Uh, I can't remember who won. In all truth, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't win ever. No, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. We've we've yeah. had we've had a variety of folks win over yeah. the years. Florida Florida legislative session. Yep. We, all of a sudden, we, we you know we're, we've been talking all this time, and we haven't gotten to, to probably right. the most impactful part of uh, what we do. We're recording this the day before sine die is supposed to happen, but it's not going to. Correct. Uh, just got word uh, they will come back on Monday uh, to vote on the budget. I don't think and it was. Tell, any- tell our listeners why Sine Die is not happening tomorrow because they may not understand. Yeah, this is a very important point. Uh, the budget has to be voted on three days after it is laid on the desks of the chamber. It's called a cooling off period. Uh, last weekend, the budget chair uh, for the House, Jay Trumbull, uh, had to go uh, to his home district in Panama City because of the wildfires. So there was a delay on a number of the conference committee meetings. They are largely landing the budget, uh, uh, it, you know, kind of smoothly, but they just needed that extra uh, day to kind of make up for that. So they'll come back on Monday, vote on the budget, and sign die then. All right. So let me ask you this, Sal, because you're in this day in and day out. There are the headline making bills that are passing. Talk briefly about those, but then. What's under the radar that's also passing that is either interesting, good, terrible, but start with the headline. The headline ones, and these are ones that JMI focuses on and ones that we are just not in our wheelhouse, but everybody's talking a lot about um, the 15-week abortion ban. Uh, The governor has indicated that he would uh, sign that bill. There is the uh, Parents' Rights and Education Bill, which restricts the discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in pre-K to third grade. Uh, that's something that the governor has indicated he would sign. So, and let's let's be clear on this because what the left has tried to do is co-opt this. Yes. And they call it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, as though somehow 
uh, people who are voting for this are anti-intellectual, uh, anti-understanding of sexuality, and uh, kind of you know crawling out of the the, the caves like a Cro-Magnon man. I mean, this is yeah. ridiculous. It's not that. It literally it talks about do not talk about sexuality until you're ten years old. I think yep. that's yeah. this is this is one where uh, the left nationally because of their ability to co-opt the media, right. has been able to lay a narrative that has gone viral that is completely the opposite of what the actual language of the bill does. And what's so, the official title of the bill? The Parents' Rights in Education. Right. And so that's something that uh, has uh, has now gone to the governor, and, and all uh, indications are that he will sign it as well. Other headline-making bills? Uh, there's one that, for all listeners, is going to go on the ballot, and this is HJR1. This would be an additional $50,000 homestead exemption for special categories of public sector workers. And so you may have property tax relief as a result of that amendment passing. That's a big one. Um, and then some stuff under the radar. Um, telehealth expansion is right. moving forward. Uh, so Florida continues to press the envelope. Been a big on, issue yep. for JMI and uh, the work you've done. Another huge one in the technology space is defining the regulatory space for cryptocurrency. This is something that's taken two years for the legislature to really get their arms around. Kudos to uh, Representative Vance Lupus, who has shepherded this uh, right. piece of legislation over the last two sessions. Uh, it's been a big priority of uh, not just state policymakers, but also local policymakers like Mayor Suarez down in Miami, mm -hmm. who have wanted to create a more tech-friendly environment for the state. That is something that's going to have far-reaching implications. A few things that I would also like to mention that aren't passing that probably need some discussion. Right. One is it does look like uh, additional property insurance reform is not going to make it across the finish line this year. That's a real issue for the future of this state. It is a huge issue. Uh, the private market for property insurance, for homeowners insurance, continues to have challenges related to frivolous litigation, bad actors in the space who are partnering with trial attorneys and creating an environment where uh, insurers are leaving the state, putting the state on the hook for right. a lot of this. Premiums are going up, in some cases, double digits, or and in some extreme cases, property insurance rates are doubling. Uh, and this is something that I do believe next session is going to be presented as a crisis that right. the state is going to have to undertake. Uh, so that's one that I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, Honestly, kind of surprised it didn't make it. Right, right. Well, we'll have a change in leadership next year in the House and the Senate because, you know, the House speakers and Senate presidents for our listeners rotate every two years because uh, Florida has term limits. So I think leadership coming forward is going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. They're really kind of visionary movement conservatives and I think they're willing to take on some of the hard issues. Well in and, and with term limits and with a 60 day legislative session there's only so much oxygen that that right. can be you know kind of uh, uh, kind of taken up with as many big issues that the state uh, takes on. So Governor DeSantis, okay? He is 
either uh, the Golden Child or the Target, depending on which media uh, is talking about him. Uh, the governor spoke down in South Florida recently yep. and told the students, I think it was at the University of South Florida, wasn't it? Or, or It was either the University of South Florida or the, the high school. He had some students behind him. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was at the University of South Florida. And so uh, I told them to take their masks off. You know, they could leave them on if they wanted yep. to. And of course... The hostile media went crazy. Yeah, they called him a bully. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I watched the press conference. I saw what happened. And I, I would say the governor spoke to a group of kids uh, no differently than my dad used to speak to me. Uh, you know, when he kind of said, you know, this is ridiculous. You, If you want to wear them, wear them. But no, this is a bunch of theater and we've got to get over it. And we know that. We know that masks have become theater. Yep. I mean, they, they, you know, despite what the CDC says and how often they kept changing their narrative and their story, the, the whole mask situation, that they don't work. And the governor was simply saying, take them off. We're past this. Uh, but if you're not comfortable, you can leave them on. But he didn't say it like that. There are two things on on this that I'd like to point out that that uh, politically speaking, I think are important. First is there was a photo from a number of uh, a couple of months back with Stacey Abrams up in Georgia. Right. She was sitting down with a group of about fifty or sixty students behind her. All of those students had on masks, and she did not. Right. And the uh, the conservative media kind of took that, and social media and on cable news where possible, and kind of pointed out the hypocrisy behind this. In my opinion, the left wanted a counter to that. The left wanted the ability to say, oh, well, look at Governor DeSantis speaking at a press conference with a bunch of masked students, and it negates the right. Stacey Abrams picture. He recognized that, and he said, I'm not going to be a part of that. And he, and he got rid of it. He, just, he, he kind of dissected the left's motives behind that effectively. Secondly is this. He then went on the offensive and he refused to accept the narrative that he behaved like a bully. And I, I, I don't know if he was on Tucker or another show later on that day or the next day and he said, and he said something like, you know, do you want to know what bullying really is? Bullying is making these kids wear masks for two years and eat lunch outside on the ground in the cold right. because you believe that that's what being virtuous is. And he took it and flipped it completely. And he is probably one of the most effective political people in the last 10 or 12 years that I've seen be able to take that script yeah. and fit, flip it back on the left. Yeah, he does it in a in a way that is not so drama-filled like Donald Trump and so uh, pugnacious like Donald Trump. He just, you know, he pushes back and he pushes back firmly and he pushes back fairly. And I think what you're seeing nationally is uh, the left-wing media is trying to set up this narrative so that when or if the governor decides to run for president, they're going to just be laying out what they think will disqualify him from being the next president of the United States. My theory, I have no inside information. That's what I think. And, and I would tend to agree with you there, and also I have no inside information on that as well. Let's, uh, uh, let's close with culture. Culture. Okay. Uh, are you a TikTok guy? No. I'm not. No. Nope. Okay. Not a TikTok so guy. So the fact that they're upping the video max to 10 minutes, going from short form content 
Uh, it, that, it, it means nothing yeah, to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Although my my 20-something children are always showing me or sending me TikTok videos. Well, yeah, and, I, and I'll get them in text messages and I'll watch them and I'm like, oh, okay, that was kind of funny. But um, I, I, have, I have learned that I am in an age bracket now where technology mm. is passing me by old. in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, an I'm not going to. age bracket. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it, you know, I'm still trying to figure out, um, I, I think Snapchat was big. I, I haven't, I, th- but I think that's gone now. So, uh, I, I'm just learning that I'm, I'm now old. Well, now that you're old, the key is to surround yourself with, well, you have two daughters who are quite young and yeah. that will keep you young. Yes. Keep you in the loop. Those kinds of things. They're, That's the way to do it. They're 13 and 12, and I'm trying to shield them from for as long as possible. So they're not they're not TikTok people. Uh, uh, they're not TikTok girls yet. But uh, I but we'll see what comes next. Right. Uh, what are you watching on Netflix? Well, I'm catching up. So I'm catching up on Yellowstone. I have not. That's Peacock, and it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I'm catching up on Yellowstone. I'm watching Ozark, and I'm watching uh, Inventing Anna, but I can't get my wife to watch it. Julie doesn't want to watch it, so I'm watching it when she's out of town with the children and doing other stuff. And for those who have not seen either or who have only seen one of those shows, the actress who plays Anna in Inventing Anna, Julia Garner, is the same actress who plays Ruth in Ozark. And unless you looked it up, you would not know it. It it has given me this overwhelming admiration and respect for her as an actress to be able to embody and just disappear into both of those roles. That's the amazing thing. And that, to me, is what a great actor or actress is. Their ability to be camouflaged and be something different from one piece to the next. Instead of watching... uh, You know, there are so many actors that you watch... Ten different movies, but it's the same movie ten times. You know, they play the same role. She's done an incredible job. The only two actors that I can think of off the top of my head that do that in a way that I, I, I've been able to ascertain is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, who I am a huge my fan of. favorite actor. And Russell Crowe. I have seen Russell Crowe play overweight smokers yep. and I've seen him play the gladiator and you would not know it's the same guy unless you were paying uh, attention. Right. I would add uh, Robert De Niro in his prime. Was the in same his way. prime. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I would say lately in some of the stuff I've seen with him and I, I struggle because I loved him in his prime, but lately I'm seeing a lot of the like same little mannerisms right. and right. stuff like that. It could just be that, you know, it, it, it raging bull and Goodfellas. Though. Uh, They're not the same. That is, that is great. Acting. You, you are correct. You are correct there. Well, that does it for this extended episode of uh, Spill the Tea. We look forward to coming again to you in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.